Hi everyone, PJ. How you doing? Great to see you again. It is another episode of Brain Awakening here and I am loving that you are here with me. Getting great feedback about the podcast and I'm getting into the habit of actually creating these podcasts so that you can enjoy them every single week. It is essential that we come together and that we talk and that we commune uh, because that's a human right and that's what's being pulled out of reach um, at every turn uh, through the agenda of what has been transpiring over the last two and a bit years. Can you believe that? (laughs) Two and a bit years. Seriously? If you had known on the very first weekend when lockdowns were mooted that you were going to be disrupted ongoing, could you have believed that we would be looking at this two years on? I know because I just saw it pop up in my anniversaries. And um, it happened in January and it was like, the conspiracy theorists always knew it. But did we ever really think we would be living it? Well, we kind of hope not, but we could see everything was headed that way. And for those of us that uh, got a bird's eye preview, it was very difficult to watch. Okay, now it's fun in the sense that we all get to hang out we all get to talk we all get to commune we all get to so many more of us are actually able to see what is going on we can see the agenda for what it is and more and more people are waking up to the truth and are starting to realize wait a minute and admittedly some are slightly slow anyway my name is pj I live here in Bribey Island. I wish I could show you where I'm living. It's stunning today. We have had a lot of rain and, of course, impacted by what has been going on around the world, just as anywhere has. It's been a uh, um, crazy time. And um, if you're anything like me, you've probably hold yourself into home and you don't really want to see another mask and you're not really interested in another conversation about what might be in the vaccines. <laughs> it's getting old for me, let me tell you. I feel like I've got one na- one foot nailed to the floor some days and the conversation just gets harder and harder and harder to bear. Um, today I thought I'd just go over some of the stuff that I've been asked for, which is about spiritual warfare. A lot of us, I think, my theory, and I like my theories because they don't come from me. They come from the Holy Spirit, you see. And what I've been shown is that those of us who um, have the sight um, have been gearing up for this for a very long time. And our role, should we choose to accept that role, and I'm seeing many, many more are, is to help the others and i guess i want to underline that by saying don't wait okay because there is certain uh conversations and certain um signs that show that people are ready to have the conversation particularly if they're caught in um in that spiritual warfare themselves 
uh, regardless of whether you're somebody that follows a particular faith or creed or even if you're atheist, if you're somebody that is being plagued by a lot of bad luck, chances are there are entities around. You don't have to be special. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to understand anything. You don't have to have a degree. Spiritual warfare plays out the way that it wants to play out and creates havoc. And I believe at some level, at some really basic level, um, it's sent to toy with us, essentially, and help us wake up to the truth. You would know by now that truth is absolutely transformational. Think about who you were and how you were showing up, say, four years ago. Reflect on who you were and how you were showing up three years ago and two. And then this time last year, who were you and how different is your life now? And is there anything about your life at the moment that could find you giving giving thanks that could I know I can there's an aspect of this where you're feeling like you know well if it wasn't for that I wouldn't be think of that thing for me I think if it wasn't for the truth um and my propensity to love the truth. I've always said you can't do the truth without God. It's actually not possible because God is the truth. I've always said that. But it's actually this deep dive into the research and going back over my notes over so many years, um, my own awareness my, and my own knowing and, and you know, I'll, I'll go and I'll have a look at something and more information has come to light because it's, it's information that's accessed now is so much more rich than it was, say, in 2007 or even in 2011, 12. And I can give thanks um, because this transformation that has occurred has affected me as well and also brought me closer to God. I accepted Jesus into my heart. And this has been probably be a really big shock for my Twitter friends (laughs) because I even have photographic evidence where I was very much in that um, spiritual um, warrior slash uh, new age. And a lot of my beliefs and my belief systems were tied to a lot of that. And like all truth does, I was required to unlearn what I thought I'd nailed. And there was was absolutely a, a path of pride that had been um, dissolved because I thought I knew it all. And I have actually repented to God, which is a heavy word for people who aren't necessarily Christian in their outlook. The satanic flavor is you know there's no such thing as hell i was in a discussion this morning about that actually no such thing as hell and satan isn't real and any of us who have had been even it doesn't matter what you believe if you've ever been subject to spiritual warfare you absolutely know that the demonic realm is a real thing 
negative entities, shadow experiences, ghosts, poltergeists, whatever you want to call these energies that uh, want to direct the play and want to spook you, want to and feel like they're here and ready to cause you harm. The spiritual warfare that many of us, that has brought many of us to ask the questions. It's woken us up. There's a part in the Bible, and I'm still learning my scriptures, so forgive me, but there is parts in the Bible where um, one of the angels actually goes to God and says, you know what, why don't I go down and, in, in <laughs> this, these are my own words, why don't I go down and rough him up a bit and give him a bit of a wake up? And Jesus said, yeah, fine. God said, yeah, fine, go ahead. Let him have this experience um, and, and, and this, this man on earth that was, I can't remember his name, and um, where, you know, one of the Elohim or the angels has gone in and, and given this dude a bit of grief. Some of you who are more afraid with the Bible than me will know exactly that part that I'm speaking of. And it's quite ironic because if you look at spiritual warfare, I can almost thank it, which is definitely not what Satan would have wanted. I can almost thank it for these experiences that brought me closer because it all it opened my propensity to why I have a strong um, penchant. Why? Why is it so? How come, you know, how did that happen? Why? Did, who said? And uh, I can definitely say that the spiritual warfare that I experienced um, wasn't unique, but it was incredibly scary um, because of where it took me. Uh, the... 31st of October 2017, I had just had a dream and I'd had a dream from a messenger from God and it basically said, get ready, put on your spiritual armour, you're being called up and you need to prepare. It actually said that. I rang my girlfriend in Perth telling her about it. She was blown away. God sent a messenger that I would understand, but not necessarily what everyone else would understand was an Egyptian deity. And one could say, you know, a false god, or but that's uh, not, not the entity that came. The entity that came was a very specific Egyptian entity. And I believe that God used that entity for me to pay attention. Because I think if it had been through anything else, I probably, with my close... Uh, attachment to all things Egyptian, I probably wouldn't have paid any attention to it. So it was quite brilliant in its execution. And the messenger of God said to me, um, put on your spiritual armour. You're being called up. Get ready. There's nothing to do but just be ready. And of course, I didn't know that at that time, Ephesians 6 came into the came into the well realm of putting on the, the spiritual armour of God. And I remember the first time I ever saw that scripture and I was spellbound because it took me straight back to that first night. It was the night that Q, the organisation, began. And it was about um, helping people understand the truth in a what we call a reverse psyop or a, a, a prop, truth propaganda that's formalised and rolled out 
en masse to get people that were ready to hear it, take it further. And that's basically what's happened three years later. I didn't know anything about Q at all until the third year. So this was about five, yeah, it was five years ago. 2017 was a very interesting year for me. I traveled enormously. And through that period, um, I was never on the ground. Like six months of the year, I was, <laughs> six months of the year, I should say, I was in the air. And I was traveling and teaching um, about um, essential oils, about the doTERRA business. I was speaking in various countries. Um, we had, yeah, a couple of um, huge trips. We did it again in 2018 because 2017 wasn't enough. But we needed to go back. Oh, that's the nature of the work that we do, which is joy. Um, and I remember as we traveled, being absolutely horrified, we got to London and London wasn't anything like I remembered. It had been sucked, the soul had been sucked from London. Um, go out further afield and yes, it was a sort of more characteristic, but actually on the highways and the freeways, they had the BP stops just like we have here at Burpengary. And I could have been in any country in the world. There was no soul. And I'm like, this is weird. Being going to other countries as well and dropping into um, parts of Italy. Well, Italy's, Italy is itself. It's beautiful and um, unique and it hasn't lost that flavour. There wasn't the darkness in Italy that I experienced in France though. And France was, oh my God, it was horrendous. Uh, we arrived from London on the tube, so we did the, the channel, and we got out of the station at Gare du Nord, and it was in the middle of the night, it was like 11.30 at night or something. It was late, and um, I was... I remember looking around going, this looks like Cairo. <laughs> um, the building's almost identical, uh, but the vibe was very much the same. And the people in the streets, they looked Egyptian, uh, all different nationalities, all different races, just a hot pot of culture and a real um, absence of anything feeling really French. The next day we went to a hotel, of course, and then the next day we headed out to the countryside, which is where we were, we were required to be out at uh, Brittany and Normandy, which is where all our team are. And um, it's beautiful to be able to say that, actually, and thinking of them all the time. They're a big part of our world. Um, and going out there into the, the farming communities... We, if you've never travelled to France, it's very interesting. It's like, it's very cosmopolitan and, and, and obviously, you know, it's, it's Paris. When you're in the centre and as you move out, not even 45 minutes, it's rural, fully rural. And uh, we were going out to teach these classes on these highways. It just felt like I was at home. And I noticed, I said, to Euro, my husband, I said, this, this is feeling, this is feeling, I feel like I'm choking. I should be feeling beauty and awe 
we're traveling through the wine country um, at the north, northern aspect of it. I should be feeling some kind of elation, but it, it's dark. And he said, yeah, and not, it was a sunny day, but I could, I just, it, it felt low and depressed and heavy, these people. You were looking at people and you could see that they were burdened. I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, we got to the classes and we were talking and started to get to know the people and um, as I was sharing the essential oil around, we were speaking and the beautiful thing about the oils is it actually really encourages people to open up from their hearts. They feel protected, they feel safe with the beautiful scents that come from the oils and um, they, you know, there were women there who were um, afraid and needed to get back home. And uh, we, were, we were like, what's, what's going on? It's okay, guys, you can hang around. It was a 45-minute class. And typically here at home, people hang around afterwards for another hour, sometimes 20 minutes to an hour. And they needed to scurry back home, and this needed to finish at exactly the right time because if they didn't, their husbands would string them up, <laughs> literally. Um, and there was a lot of control. And my husband and I looked at each other and went, wow, this is, this is really, no, no, we must, you know, we must return. It's very important that I can't keep my husband waiting too long. He'll start sending texts and control. And this was an, an isolated incident. And I said to Yura, wow, the men are under incredible pressure here. And he goes, oh, that's an interesting observation. And I said, yeah, what's driving that? And, of course, we didn't have a language and we were alien to the country so there was a there was this anxiousness and this this depression and this incredible heaviness sitting over the French and we we were we were really taken aback by it um especially coming from the country that we had and actually we'd just come from Egypt which is very you know it's more like it's very laid back everything's cool and kosher and you know we never have anything to worry about and you just enjoy life and France was not in a situation like that it was absolutely destitute we were told later that you know France was under incredible financial pressure that uh, people were losing their jobs inflation was going up all of the things that we are seeing happen now was already happening under Macron if you remember the yellow vests and all of the protests that we've been seeing in Paris for five, six, seven years, possibly longer, you know, they're protesting all of the rights and the laws that have been imposed on these people to try and cope. So it wasn't like I was dismissing the... the um, there was abuse happening in some of the women's homes, emotional pr primarily, but it was more like, okay, so what lies behind that? What's triggering these men to be to feel so dominant over their women why are they being so controlling in this day and age it's it's france you would think it was the other way around but it wasn't and we were seeing echoes of this everywhere you know uh it was crazy we had just come from london and london as i said sapped its soul it, it, it just wasn't the same and even in the streets of cairo particularly in the villages so as soon as you moved out of the city out of that artificial environment and you moved into real world, you know, this is how people really live in France, not the Champs-Élysées. 
um, you started to get a true picture. And I was collecting this information wherever I went. We went everywhere. We were in, we were all over Europe, um, southern, east and southern, most southern aspect of um, the UK. And we had also travelled through Jordan um, to get there from Egypt. Um, so it was really a, an eye-opener. And then later we travelled to Salt Lake. And I remember in the last time we went to Salt Lake was 2019. It, it, it too had started to lose its edge. It started to look a bit more like, this just looks like, why does everywhere look the same? What I've realised now is um, I was blessed that I was able to see and experience these different cultures going through the same thing. And if I was to take a 40,000 foot view now, come with me, and we just head straight up <laughs> into the, the, the realms of Earth and look down, um, you can start to see these steel belts that were being tightened around the earth tighter and tighter. So my last period that I traveled, I went to uh, Paris, I'm sorry, I beg your pardon, I went to Egypt in 2019. And that's an incredible story in and of itself. I'll leave that for another day. But effectively, I was there for seven weeks. And in that period, I felt this dark energy. I didn't actually make the connection until much, maybe two years later, a year or two later. But it too, I felt this dark energy creeping through. I could see it in the people. The people were burdened. It was different to the days of the revolution when you could see that they were just brutalised and they were recovering. This was a different thing. They seemed to be um, allured or beguiled by... Um, trappings of imaginable wealth is what came to mind and that for all this time Egypt had pushed back and said no to the IMF and wanted to do things their way and suddenly there was massive injection of capital that was never around for Egypt. They were busy always, they, any money they had they would always put it in defence because they're so close to Israel. Uh, and obviously fighting um, a, a terrorist regime which were, you know, governing principles that was doing that to the region. They haven't had a terrorist attack for a really long time, which is, is, is wonderful to be able to say. Um, but of course I can't travel there. <laughs> Ironic, they still be suffering to some degree of not having the tourists that they would have enjoyed once upon a time. But all of these towns and these cities, you know, what is this? And you pull up to this 40,000-foot view. And when I was in Egypt last, I remember seeing this vision of the earth having a steel... The Holy Spirit was giving me this vision of the earth putting the steel belt around the earth and it tightening it. And it, it literally said to me, Choices and freedoms will die. Uh, that that we're moving into a period of incredible darkness, 
and the choice to travel will be gone. God actually said to me in that trip, um, you, you have to make a decision. And I'm like, okay. And um, this was after I'd had a deep experience with God through his counsel to try and help me through a real dilemma that I had. I'd been living in Egypt for seven weeks. And each time I go, I go for a really long time. My children are old enough to be without me for periods. I go usually for a sabbatical. I get the feel of the ground. I love to have an authentic experience in Egypt. I don't need to be a tourist. Um, It's tough, I will say that. Okay, it's really hard for a Westerner, especially in the villages. Sanitation is completely different. The culture, of course, is fully Muslim. Um, there's expectations and rules and requirements and rituals and ceremony. And I'm sure you can imagine, like, it's it's another world. And it's an ancient world. It hasn't changed for thousands of years. So um, I had been called there. And while I was there, I could feel me... Uh, wanting to get closer and closer to God. And I was watching the Muslim people and seeing that their their love, um, their belief system, their the whole premise of existence was around God and I wanted that too, not knowing what I know now. And I decided that I should, yeah, I, I wanted to yield to God and I wanted to do it in a way that was true and that I felt maybe I should identify with a religion. And I was shaking as I was making that decision. It was clearly the wrong decision for me. And then I heard God and he said to me, "Um, what are you doing? (laughs) And I'm like, "I, I, I need to be closer to you. He said, why are you doing this? so that I can worship you, I said. And he said, you of all people should know that you don't need a religion to be close to me. And I burst into tears. A point of relief, confusion, um, and just that, wow, jolt, that lightning bolt of, whoa, yeah, what, what was I thinking? And he went on to say, you have fought for your freedom all this time. You don't need a religion to be near me. And you are the proof of it. Words to that effect. It was amazing. And in one way I was relieved and I was like, oh yeah. And then I realised I was actually developing a workshop on emotions and essential oils. It was um, a deeper workshop than the one that I run normally. And this presentation went into great depth around um, the limbic tattoo. You ought to look that up. So this is a a kind of programming that occurs through certain religions and Islam is definitely one of them where through movement and song and sound, think of the prayer that runs every 
few hours, five times a day. It's honouring the positions of the sun and the sky. And it is, you know, if it wasn't pointed to the wrong aspects of life, it would be a very beautiful, um, mystical type religion. It was born of Sufism, which is mystic Kabbalah. And that those through the, the prayer that they do five times a day, there's certain movement and they go into different postures. It's yoga. It's exactly the same. If you go to a, I haven't been to India, but if you I had a lot to do with yoga over the years and some of the positions are, are yogic positions. Like it's weird. And how similar it is. It's like, what? <laughs> As they're moving and doing reciting this prayer and they f- fall into trance which is the whole idea that in and of itself is not good I wasn't looking at becoming um, Muslim I was looking at Sufism which is the mystical philosophical aspect of that belief system and um, that's where most of my Muslim friends also they, they have moved out of Islam and, and moved more into the Sufi tradition, feeling that it's more inspired and less controlled. And actually, it's far from that. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen them all and I'm just thinking of my friends that are caught in that. But I, I guess Jesus will touch their lives as he has mine eventually. Um. They move into this trance, and as they move into this trance, they their limbic system is altered. Okay, and I teach about the limbic system in the essential oils workshops. Okay, the limbic system is a storehouse of the brain, and that limbic system is readily altered, and they work on it. Okay, the the powers that be know, and of course those powers be the powers that be are the the controlling ones, who are also very close to these entities that are not part of the earthly realm. They're part of a spiritual realm, the Elohim, and the false gods. So they they are literally drawing the um, the offering that that juice and feeding that up to this entity okay so that that sounds terrifying doesn't it? it's like oh my god you know and it was only that i was researching the limbic system that i accident there's no accidents that i came across this limbic tattoo and you'll see when you look and this is just through google and you could see how um, entire cults use the limbic tattoo to weaken and gain control of mass populations, how they do it. So they don't have access to the kinds of technology that we might have here, although they do have 5G there, funny that. Um, they, it's through ritual and ceremony at, at an ancient level that feels pure to the people because they think, oh, well, this is really old-fashioned, that they can... they in inverted brackets, whoever that is, 
can come in and control people. And I could see quite clearly as I was doing this research, I was crying my eyes out because these are people I know. They're, they're like family to me. And to know that they have been used and deceived in this way was incredibly difficult to cope with. And it's very similar to the MK Ultra that we have. So I was kind of all blown away and sobbing and doing the thing and God said, so I need you to make a decision. There's work for you to do. I can't believe how accurate this is now, looking back. <laughs> and he said, where, wherever, where I, you had to decide where you're going to live. And my husband and I had already talked about me living in Egypt for three, four months of the year, five months even. To establish myself, to establish a network, we wanted to do other things with our lives, not always stay in Australia. I hated, still hate, the control here in Australia and Egypt seemed so much more liberated. There are so many more freedoms, it's, despite, despite the negative press. Um, it's a very free country. You can do whatever you like. As long as you're not hurting anybody, and if you're Egyptian, you have to be, you have to choose a religion. But if you're not Egyptian, they tolerate you, no problem. You can be whatever you like, as long as you're not hurting anybody. And I love the freedom because, you know, that's my nature. And I had raised this with my dad because my dad is not well, as you would know. And, um, you know, there was my kids, but it's like, oh, they're, you know, they're at that age where they're wanting, they're fine, you know, they still need me, but not to the, not the way that they did. Um, and then my husband, he's doing his thing, and he was like, no, I think it's great, and we can make that a base, and that will help the Europeans and the, um, the French in our community, because it's only three hours away, I can bring them down for retreats, we can do business development workshops there, you know, I had it all sorted out. Um, I just needed a place to live. The boys in Egypt said, no, we'll build you a house. And they build the most beautiful houses. Gorgeous. Like pensione. Very villa or, or stunning. Out of nothing. They're very clever. And um, so it was all set. And then it was decided, we were just deciding which month of 2019 I was going to come across. And I decided to go home and prepare and that I would maybe look at coming back in 2020 around February or March. And of course, we had the lockdowns. Okay, so I was literally emotionally packed. And then there was just the physical aspects that I was going to have to try and work around. We had points, you know, travel points. So financially, it, wasn't, it was a no-brainer. Free or close to free. Um, that wasn't an issue. It was... Yeah, just coming home and then and then making the decision. So I um, listened to God and he was saying to me, you have to make a decision as to where you're going to live. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, we kind of have come to the point where we feel it's going to be Egypt and I'll go back. And he said, no, wherever you decide to go, you're going to be there for a very long time. Everything is about to change. Now, I hadn't been on the internet doing any research about Q or truthing. I don't touch mainstream media. I had no idea what was going on in the news. I had, Trump kept coming up. I wasn't a... Uh, why is he on the TV? 
you know, if we were passing through Italy or something and you, you tend to throw the TV on to get your bearings. That was the only reason I knew that he was around and some stuff on Facebook, which was really annoying. Every time I opened my laptop, I was, what is this Trump thing? Why did he already won? <laughs> right? So um, doing the true conscious being, I just did not, I limited my connection with um, digital media as much as I possibly could. I shut it out. I'm not interested and I close it right off. And it's funny, and I, I I remember thinking, what do you mean I have to make a decision? We already made a decision. And God said, no, wherever you're going to go, you're going to be forced to stay there for a very long time. And then there were no words. He just showed me the vaccine passport. He actually showed me that. And, it, the, and, and the Holy Spirit was saying to me, hasn't it occurred to you how free you are? how much travel you've had. And it's like, yeah, I know, right? Like it was full on and it did, there didn't seem to be an, an ending to it. And then I know the way that God and the Holy Spirit speak with me. Okay, they show me things. It's like if you have lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of something, it means it's about to shift and it will be taken away. And I can feel it. Look, I, I remember thinking, gosh, I really need to just be in this moment because we're so lucky we travel so much. And I love it, even though some of, sometimes it was a burden because it was just so much of it. But it feels like this is going to end. So I went, oh, my God, I'll need to get a vaccine to get out of the country. Are you for real? <gasps> oh, my God. And he said uh, there was an affirmation, like, like an acknowledgement of yes, not so much a nod, it's just this feeling of acknowledgement. And then I'm like, oh, my God. And he said, wherever you go, I will support you. You will be fine. I'll protect you. But you have to make a decision. And whatever you decide to do, you will not be able to move for a very long time. I was gutted because I didn't want to make the decision. This was my perfect world where I didn't have to make a decision about anyone <laughs> or anything. And, and I was like, oh, imagine being locked in to Egypt and not being able to go and see Dad. So I was crying about this as I was leaving Egypt, crying my eyes out. And um, the boys, <laughs> they really thought I'd lost the plot. But you will be back. Don't worry. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. And they're like, it's okay, it's fine. You'll be back in February. It will be no time. Please don't cry like this. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. I'm not going to be back for a really long time. And if I do come back, I'm going to have to be vaccinated. And they're like, what? They don't believe in that either. No way. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. And that's what's going to have to be asked of me. And so... I'm going to say goodbye now, but I don't know when I'm going to be back. And they really thought I had lost the plot. And they were like, they know that I'm intuitive, but they were like, oh, no, she's, she's, she's a bit crazy today. She believes her own thoughts, you know. <laughs> Not mine. And sure enough, you know, we've had this conversation before. And sure enough, that is exactly what happened. So we, 
we had this um, reckoning through 2020 where all of this came true. And I know if any of you have been um, exposed to the premonition or the visions or you had this sneaking suspicion, something was around the corner, right? It's very confronting when the things that you saw, well, they weren't a lie, great, but the things that you saw came true and weren't, you know, a bit of a happy picture. Through the whole time from 2017, it was the 28th of October 2017, it was a weekend queue opened, um, I was under spiritual attack until 2020. So I know what it feels like to be under this attack. And actually, if I look back, it goes much, much further back. Um, crazy, strange accidents that I survived, um, bizarre relationships, um, uh, enduring um, being brutalised, raped, um, just, just this spiral of chaos in my life. It was... It was well, I can look back at it now and I can I know that it was Satan throwing everything it could at me to throw me off the scent of the path I'm now on. I know that for a, a fact. And actually it was in 2012 when I learned about the purity of essential oils and the way that they worked to protect the heart and protect the limbic system, actually and protect the nervous system and to work on the cognitive functioning when I started to realise, oh, okay, this is where we're at. This is what we've got here. I started to realise, you know, that I was being prepared for something. The spiritual attacks got so bad. Um, they were physical in, a, in, a, in an immense way. Um, one night I had... I woke up with incredible pain in my shoulder. I think I've spoken about that before. And I knew that, that you know, the term energetic, it, it, was, it was energetic, but it was more than that um, because it got me on my knees. Um, the doctors couldn't see what it is and wrote it off as bursitis. Um, the pain was 20 out of 10 and I remember at one point thinking it would just, nothing is working. Not an essential oil gone, way, way too far gone. Not, not a, any of the painkillers and I was on prescription painkillers for it. They didn't work either so I stopped taking them. And I knew that it was, you know, it was spiritual, deeply spiritual. I had a few um, friends who are in the new age movement, they were sending me healing, wasn't touching the sides, wasn't doing anything. Uh, I did wake up one time from a very skilled lady and felt better intermittently. Nothing worked. And the thing that worked for me, this is how I knew it was spiritual, uh, was this album that I happened to find. And um, it was called The Calling. It had a very profound impact from me on me with Aramaic um, 
prayer and song and scripture, which I didn't realize it was scripture because obviously I didn't know the Bible. And it was all about love and salvation and coming closer to God. And I just played that album over and over. I lost so many tears. I cried my heart out. And for pretty much six months of 2019, I spent the entire time crying. It felt like I was being lifted out of a timeline with the support of my husband. Thank God for that. Um, Because he never once thought I was going crazy. Uh, But I had very much, I was being completely overworked. I know this now by the Holy Spirit, hands down. And I was being ripped from the timeline I was on. And maybe all of humanity too, I don't know. But I haven't really looked into that properly. But I, I just know what I was feeling. And it, as I, I went, right, from now on I'm going to be doing my tours. And we're going to be getting closer to God. I need to be, I need to be close to God all the time. Because it was God that would heal my shoulder. Um, where I was... Oh, I was in immense pain before that. As I worked through that, um, then, you know, suddenly found ourselves in um, this desperate situation where the world was thrown into turmoil weeks later with the lockdowns. So extraordinary how 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 that all unraveled and how that played out. Um, it was a powerful, powerful time and I was beleaguered. It's a great name, great word. I was beleaguered constantly by this energy, this powerful, powerful energy that was incredibly negative and wanted to pull me down hard. It was, it was a fight for my mind and it was a fight for my spirit. When I stood up to it, it cowered, fine. I didn't know anything about God and the Holy Spirit then. I didn't know that I could just call on them and I would be fine. A young lady came and prayed for me and she prayed for me from Tasmania and she told me that this is a kind of spiritual warfare that I hadn't been exposed to and that it isn't the kind of Christianity that I would know. It's quite amazing. She said a really beautiful prayer. Our house had been compromised by an energetic being. There were dark forces all the way through our house. We had people used to come over for a barbecue and would have to suddenly leave. They just had this horrible cold. It wasn't us. It was their experience of this entity. When we arrived in our house where we lived prior... Um, the house was covered in garlic. <laughs> it was so weird. I never even knew. I just thought, oh, these people are very strange. Oh, how odd. And I went around and cut down all the garlic. It was a brand new home and a modern, you know, luxury home. And I didn't think anything of it. Years later, I learned that people hang the garlic from the eaves to ward off the evil spirits. Oh, Great. I noticed that when I was really strong against that spirit, that entity, it would then go and find ways to get at me through the people I knew. Now, I've seen this before, okay? 
And uh, a dear friend said to me not long ago, PJ, you're like, you just attract moths. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a farmer. You should know moths come as the seasons are changing, which is the truth. Okay, if you see lots of moths outside, you know it's coming into hot weather or it's coming into cool weather and it only happens twice a year. The When this demonic energy, and I didn't want to give it any power, so I didn't give it any attention deliberately. But the less attention I gave it, the more it arced up so that I couldn't not see it and eventually work through my children. And that's when I started to feel really well and truly out of my depth. I'm like, okay, uh, my son was nearly killed in twice in the same spot. Very, I'm very, very close to my son and uh, to know that he had experienced this once was bad enough. He was hit by a speeding car as a pedestrian. Managed to curl himself into a ball. And I went, thankfully, he was incredibly fit from rock climbing. And I'm talking, you know, marathon type level. Amazingly fit and agile. And it was that that saved him. Otherwise, he'd be dead. And a lucky hit because he could have been hit in other ways and he wouldn't be here. And then 12 months later, uh, in the same spot, he totaled his car. The tow truck drivers who came, it was the middle of the night, I was expecting this phone call, the car was too fast, it was too big for him, it, he'd bought it with an inheritance, he didn't listen to me, I didn't want him to use his money that way, and he's just being young and dumb, and uh, bought a car that was way too powerful, and at 11 o'clock at night I got the call, mum I just totaled my car, and I went, yes, I'll be there in a sec, <laughs> where are you? And he was literally a block from home, like all of the fatal accidents are always within, you know, 600 metres of the house. And it wasn't a fatal accident, but when I got there, oh my God, and he, how he walked out of that, the tow truck drivers looked at him, looked at me, looked back at him and said, how did you, how are you even alive? And that was from tow truck drivers. This accident says you should have been totaled with the car. Um, and he was devastated, it was insured, um, uh, awful lesson for him. It certainly jolted him out of his behaviour and ways. And that's a topic for another day, but um, I know, you know, that the angels were definitely intervening at that point. He, he had that accident. Those two accidents were within 100 metres of where my mum was buried. Um... I knew that it was spiritual warfare. Of course, I didn't tell him that. And I knew that they were doing this to spook me and to make me hurry up. I didn't know what I was hurrying up for. I could sense, okay, I really need to get with the program, but I don't know where the program is. I was working with the New Age um, healing modalities. My modalities pretty much dried up. I couldn't use them. They weren't working. They worked before. They weren't working. I'm like, okay, can whoever's doing this just go away? Like, this is really annoying. And then my love of the oils started to shift. And I could feel, okay, this is serious stuff here now. I am changing. 
what is going on? I'm sure some of you are smiling. Maybe you've been through this before. Maybe you know exactly what this is. Or maybe you're experiencing this right now going, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. And this was a, preparing, a preparatory. I was being prepared. I was being prepared for battle. I didn't know what for. And I knew, like, it's not personal, but this is getting really personal. You're using my children against me and... Um, I think the day later, my daughter's car was stolen. Her house was broken into. They took her keys, nothing else, just her keys, and stole her car, which was her pride and joy and um, her, her greatest. She's on the autistic spectrum like my son is. He's more sort of out and about and sort of robust than she is. And having her personal space... Um, um, evaded, invaded like that was her greatest fear. Um, again, insurance came through and we were lucky that there was nothing to worry about and everything was covered and we were fine. Kids, come on, we're fine. We're still here. Everything's going to be okay. It doesn't need to be this big drama. But inside, I'm like, okay, this has got to stop. Where is this going to end? This, this this energy is taking me places I don't really, really want to go. You know, the audacity. God, I can't believe where it's taking me. Why does it just bug off? <laughs> All the things, like, you know, it was... And I would say to my husband, I was like, this is really bothering me. He's going, yeah, I can see that. He wasn't... He was fine. He wasn't touched at all. And I know now that this is, you know, the God the love of God preparing his chosen ones, you know, the ones that are chosen have gone through the most. I could write a book with all the things I've been through. Oh, my God. You know, abusive marriages and rape and, like, you know, it goes on and on and on. Bullying, mocking, um, the black sheep of the family, the whole, all of it, right? I, And I don't indulge in it because it, I don't need to be a victim, but this spiritual energy was real. And then I started to wonder, you know, is this connected with Egypt? I mean, am I bringing this in from Egypt? No. <laughs> no. I, no. No, Egypt's wonderful. No, the people are really good. and It's not like I play with the gods and goddesses. I don't do that, which is true. I didn't. But all my healing... That my capacity to help others in the different modalities I use all dried up. I got distinct messages, and God was with me then, just not in the way that He is with most, and certainly not in the way that He is with me now. You know, put down the tools. I'll never forget it. Put down the tools. Don't open the oracle decks. Put the crystals away. It's very clear put it all away. I put it all to the side. I didn't open it. Once I got the instruction, I didn't open it. He was showing me all of the things, all of the tools and the sciences and the, the thinking, all of the mystic um, practices, which I knew, you know, I knew it very well how demonic they were and where the practice itself was fine, you know, um, Meditation, right? But it's it's fine to be to be mindful 
Okay, but it was opening people to illegitimate authority. He wanted me to go and tell people about this. And I knew what I was seeing because he'd been showing me for years. Four years. But who's going to listen to me? And he's like, I've taken you through this and I want you to expose it. I want you to tell people. I want you to share this with people. And I was like, oh, no one will listen to me. You know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's a movement. It's a movement that doesn't need me to come in and slice at it with what? Rubber bands? Like, God, they're, it's, they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> and he's like, I want you to be the one to come through and to tell people. How, and, and now, so funny, um, where are we, 2022, two years on from those, those days, three years from those days, I feel fully equipped and ready to show people, ah, okay, this, see this here? This is non-scriptural. It's non-scriptural, therefore, if it can't be found in the Bible, it can't be true. And it can't be true because it opens you to spirit, illegitimate spiritual authority. Even if you think... You're doing the right thing. This is the awakening. And, you know, I was listening to somebody. I think it was Jaron Jackson. Oh, amazing video. Amazing. And he was basically saying, you know, if there's no such thing as dark to light. And even my name, the, the dawn of awakening, you know, that's sort of like a, a double, you know, put your foot in toe in the water the dark to light isn't what happened god flicks a switch on and your world is transformed from that moment you're born again transformed you see everything completely differently completely and when i think about those periods where i was going through this it felt as i was being ripped from that time i remember me saying that just now I was being ripped from that timeline because God had his hands over everything and he was shaping me and getting me ready for what was to come. I cried on my bed for six months. I could not stop crying. I could feel the separation taking place. I was being lifted away from what I knew horrifying thankfully my husband understood he helped me through a lot of that and then I woke up God gave me a message and said go and help the people in the bushfires it was three o'clock in the morning I jumped out of bed I went and read the news I'm like nobody knows all these people think that they're on their own they think that their bushfire is isolated the bushfires were being blacked out through media doesn't sound familiar at all, does it? Okay, and nobody knew that everybody else was suffering this as well, except for things like Facebook and Instagram, Twitter. And I got up and a 20-week battle took place trying to get kits, organised emergency kits for people that were suffering in bushfires, which was an cons- I'd had an idea in the February prior when I had my shoulder issue while I was laying in bed was we need emergency kits what happens to Australians what happens to Australia doesn't know how to look after itself in a 
in a crisis, we always think that we can just drive around to the corner shop. What if this corner shop is not there? You know, and 20 weeks of sleeping four hours a day and sitting at a computer here in Queensland and coordinating this massive campaign with three other women, two other women and a field of different people who I'm indebted to. And that absolutely changed my life. We saw God. We saw the Holy Spirit. We were getting messages constantly from God and Satan. And Satan was showing its ugly head every chance it could get. We were eavesdropped by the Chinese. It was full on. It was unbelievable. I'll do a whole podcast on this when the time comes. Um, But it was, yeah, it was next level. And I realised, wow, I'm I'm being groomed for this, that I needed to be in Australia. There's this great book called Dimensions of Spiritual Warfare. It's funny because it just arrived literally about an hour ago by a guy called Sonny Phillip in the US. And he goes and describes spiritual for, um, spiritual warfare um, in various aspects. He'd been around um, certainly over the last couple of years um, teaching um, at the Christian Gateway Centre um, on Long Island New- in New York and um, he's somebody who has seen this, these dimensions of spiritual warfare, um, you know, ongoing. So there are lots of us who have been through this. It's not necessarily something that is uh, reserved for the elite or, you know, <laughs> whatever that was. And um, the book is very, very interesting. It goes into Moloch and Jezebel, the daughter of the Sidonian priest king and kings, um, and her father, her 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 father's name was Ethbaal, which means with Baal, uh, a priest of Baal, and Jezebel means without dwelling or habitation. As I got to know uh, the different entities that I was exposed to, um, and later in the Bible, I started to realize that this Jezebel spirit had pretty much run my life. Um, it, it was very much seducing servants to commit sexual immorality and she was an authority in the church as a prophetess. Um, uh, the practices that were uh, contrary to the word of God were something that she introduced and these are the things that um, involved food to idols, um, eating the meat of strangled animals consuming blood and doing all the things uh, in ritual. Um, the Jezebel spirit is um, intentional. Like it it has um, an intention to tear you away from the God, the work that God wants you to complete. Um, it'll try and undermine what God has established and I could even say that the Jezebel, if we're looking at this feminine entity, then the Jezebel spirit is something that a lot of women are honouring without realising in that divine feminine um, attack on God's sovereignty. You know, we see that a lot in the spiritual and in the uh, New Age movements. It, 
you know, these entities are all about draining power. Um, it I say, you know it's around when you feel this incredibly hooky energy. It drives you, and it drives you in ways that you don't understand. Um, it, it is the master of deception, and um, yeah, it pulls apart at the energy of what you're doing. Thessalonians 5:20 20 to 21 tells us, "Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that's said, and hold on to what is good." And the Apostle John also gave a serious warning to the church. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, me included, okay? You don't have to believe me. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God which is what I believe. But if someone claims to be a prophet and doesn't acknowledge Jesus, that person is not from God and has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming to the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. We belong to God. And those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. Isn't that the truth? That's how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. That's 1 John 4, 1 to 6. Amazing, hey? I'm going to go over this over quite a few weeks because I think that there's a lot of people who need to get ready to. Um, and my ex my own experiences are really about preparation, right? And I I can validate the viewpoint that to prepare, the best thing we can possibly do is spend time in the Word. Absolutely. Ephesians 6.12 we do not wrestle, wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. They shouldn't even be there, and they are. It's very interesting, isn't it? Some of you who have suffered a really long time, and you've basically crawled through the hole just to get to this point. Maybe you've also been through tons as well. Okay, the principalities and, t and powers is that power principle that is used multiple times in the Bible. And we know it, I know it, I've seen it, I've experienced it. Um, the, we are, yeah, we think, oh, well, I'll be fine, I'll just do some affirmations and sit with my crystals. You know, those are not going to work, guys. And this is why God told me to tell the New Age community to put down their tools. All they're going to do, and I did alienate quite a few people when I first opened my group, Dawn of Awakening, all they're going to end up doing is inviting these spirits through and inviting them into their lives. I wonder if that's probably much of what I did as well. Yeah, 
Like it's, it's, we're moving into a period now where we're being called upon and in ways that we haven't seen before. In Ephesians 2, 2, Paul talks about the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You see it. You can see it in others. Okay? People go, how do you know? You can see it. The Holy Spirit shows you. So, yeah, very um, interesting things that cause us to analyze what's going on in the world around us. We need to prepare. That's one message I would love to get across to you. And to prepare, it's like the rule of the world is coming and he has nothing in me, John fourteen thirty. Jesus knew what was coming, if you remember. He would be arrested and brought before the religious court and false witnesses would be brought forward to make accusations against him. Yet Jesus declared that Satan could try all he wanted but nothing would stick. His life was perfect, and we are not in that league, which is the truth. Peter, in chapter 2, 11 to 12, on the first book, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. It's a very serious and a very intimate battle. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide your life, okay? And that will help when it comes to knowing what to do. We have the word of God as a sword, okay? And... We must, as the Bible says, gird our loins with the truth of the word of God. When we walk in the truth of the word of God, it leads to the righteousness before God. For shoes, we put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. Really amazing, hey? Very interesting period. Um, where I think those of us who are um, awakened or inspired or catalyzed to action through these spiritual ent- entities, just remember there's nothing to fear. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my saviour, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and my power place of safety. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. I hope that you've enjoyed that. It's a very rich, meaty subject, but um, I'm looking forward to being able to connect with you really soon. Take care, everyone, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of The Great Awakening.